Hello and welcome into a week one reaction episode for the Fantasy Football Podcast with Nick and Cody. Uh, one game still to happen tonight between Denver and Seattle, and honestly, uh, three out of my four matchups, depending on that, as well as my heartstrings because the Broncos are my team. But um, Cody, uh, kind of a mixed bag in week one, uh, both from what we expected and, uh, with how my fantasy weeks went. Uh, how, how about you, buddy? How did your, how did your weekend go? <laughs> I'm right there with you. I was, uh, ready to retire from the podcast about halfway through the three o'clock games yesterday because <laughs> Justin Jefferson, luckily I have him in one league, but I was playing against him in two others. And I mean, he just ruined my weekend in those leagues, but uh, I'm I'm just ecstatic that football's back. Yesterday was awesome, and there I mean a lot of really good games throughout, and a lot of really bad games. If you ended up tuning into that 49ers Bears game, that was uh, quite the oh, dud. So, um, but yeah, I'm ready to get into it here. Uh, obviously, a lot of injuries through Week One, so I think that's where we're going to start it off. Yeah, uh, we're just going to touch on these injuries and uh, give any updates that we've heard on them to this point recording on Monday afternoon so we don't have all the information on these guys. You're going to still want to monitor uh, the situation as the week unfolds here with most of them, but uh, a few of them we have some updates on, uh, and then we'll get into the fantasy impacts when we actually talk about the games individually. So uh, starting with T. Higgins, he was the first one. He went down real early, uh, only two catches. Looked pretty good early on, but got a concussion. Uh, looked, you know, you could, you could, you knew exactly what this injury was right when it happened. He got uh, sandwiched between two guys. Helmet came off. He looked woozy. Um, we'll just monitor this on T. Higgins, but hopefully it's, you know, only a week or two. Concussions hit everybody differently, but hopefully T is uh, okay here and maybe only has to miss a week or two with action. Um, this one, uh, the next injury was uh, a bigger one and came pretty soon after. Eli Mitchell, uh, another 49ers running back, goes down in week one. He looks great before the injury, too, with tough conditions, as you mentioned. Uh, six carries, 41 yards, but uh, looks like he's going to miss a couple months with an MCL sprain. Uh, last update I said um, it was a two-month estimate. So yep. We'll get into the fantasy impact there, but yeah, Mitchell will be out long-term. You'll probably have to find a replacement for him. I, Again, we'll get into a further reaction later on, so that, that one's a pretty big one. Yep. And then Najee Harris, uh, a foot injury for the Steelers. This one looked really scary when it happened, but uh, late in the game, so he pretty much played uh, almost all the way through there. Not, uh, I think it was late fourth quarter he got injured, but looks like he's actually going to be okay. Um, I saw a report today he might actually play next week, which is shocking to me i would probably expect him to miss one week of him being honest just uh just out of precaution there from the steelers but we'll see uh he should be fine miss one week uh maybe this week we'll we'll uh we'll talk about that later as well keenan allen and chris godwin both leave the game with hamstring issues uh both of them were ruled out pretty quickly too so especially keenan allen um with a Thursday game against the Kansas City Chiefs, I'd expect him to at least miss that one. Sounds like his wasn't as bad as initially reported, so he could be back after that, but he'll miss one week. Uh, and then uh, Chris Godwin seems like he'll be out a couple weeks uh, with his uh, compounding with the, the you know the comeback from the ACL. It makes sense for them to be careful with him. Uh, Mac Jones left the game with back spasm. This was pretty late. Most people didn't even notice that that happened, but... Um, Seems like he's going to be all right. Uh, back spasms are kind of hard to predict, so we'll see how that develops later in the week, but uh, he should be fine. Dak Prescott, uh, maybe the biggest long-term fantasy injury that happened as far as the implications it has for other players. 
He uh, fractured his thumb late in the game last night against Tampa Bay. He'll be out six to eight weeks, unfortunately, for the Cowboys. That is a huge blow to them. Uh, and all of the fantasy options there. We will get into that later. And then TJ Watt, this one, uh, I don't talk about a lot of defensive players on this podcast, but he is so good that it actually does impact a lot of offensive fantasy uh, output here, both for the Steelers defense as a streamer and both and for the teams he's playing against. He is probably out for the year. He's going to get a couple more uh, opinions this week to see if maybe he can somehow make it back at some point, but he tore his peck and he will probably be out for the year. So, Cody, uh, any general reactions to those injuries? We'll get to all of them later as far as their fantasy impacts. But, um, you know, uh, not not the worst week one I've ever seen, but uh, a lot of pretty big names that uh, went down there. Yeah, that was the one thing I was going to highlight. A lot of really big names going down. But, um, yeah, like you said, we'll get into them as we go through each matchup, so I don't want to waste too much time here. We can go ahead and move into our uh, three biggest winners of this weekend. So, yeah, we're going to do three biggest winners and three biggest losers. Both of us put a uh, little list together real quick here. I'm going to start out with my biggest winner, uh, and these three are really in no order. They're all uh, kind of on the same level here. Uh, first one comes to mind is James Robinson. Wow, he looked incredible coming back from that Achilles tear. Um, he was the one, the number one. I mean, they, they split snaps almost 50-50, but Robinson out-touched EZN pretty significantly and uh, was definitely the goal line back. He caught a touchdown as well. Um, huge winner there in James Robinson. Seems like he's going to be at least in the low-end RB2 category moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. And I will say ETN did drop a ball near the end zone, so he may have hurt himself on that one a little bit with some of the he touches did. he did I think not get. But. He looked all right, though. Again, we'll get into that later. Yep, but um, I, I was, It was more about James Robinson in that one for me personally, but uh, rather than ETN looking bad. But yeah. you can go ahead with your first big winner. For sure. Uh, first one, Justin Jefferson. I mean, goodness gracious, nine catches, 184 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, that's why he was both of our wide receiver one on the year. This offense looks really good, and he's an absolute stud. So, uh, yeah, I mean, unbelievable. Totally agree. He was incredible. The only reason he didn't make it onto my list is because I was not surprised at all. He is yeah. incredible, and uh, yeah, I again, we both expected him to be the wide receiver one coming into this year. Number two, we can kind of do together here. We mm-hmm. have the same guy, uh, and we probably owe him a bit of an apology. That is Saquon Barkley. He looked absolutely amazing against the Titans yesterday. Uh, I want to temper expectations just a little bit, maybe to save face slightly on my end, but also just because I think he's still going to be a little inconsistent game to game. Uh, He looks great, and he's going to hit a lot of home runs this year. Uh, He looks healthy, and I think that's the point. But the Giants team, I still don't have a ton of faith in, so I'm not going crazy here on Saquon. He's not a top-five guy for me the rest of the year, but... If you drafted him, you're certainly happy. He looks fantastic to start the year, and it was a tough matchup in Tennessee, and he absolutely destroyed them. Yep, you took everything I was going to say about him, so I completely agree, and that is the undefeated New York Giants that you're talking about there. (laughs) For the first time since I saw this stat yesterday, it made me laugh. Uh, Saquon Barkley is above 500 for the first time in his career, so congratulations, (laughs) Saquon. You are in the playoff race officially for the first time, Uh, I hope. Hope you take the most of it there, uh, Mr. Barkley. But uh, moving on to my third winner here, that would be A.J. Brown of the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, ended up with 10 for 155, I believe, on 13 targets. He looked incredible. Uh, I think that's the bigger part here. I mean, he had a 
good fantasy day, even for non-PPR uh, users here. He, he still had over 150 yards, so that, that'll do just fine. It wasn't the best because he didn't get into the end zone, but I just I think the way he looked, uh, he's going to be the number one there for sure. No Devontae Smith worries, and uh, you know he might not get 13 targets every week, but he's going to be really good. Yep, I agree with that one for sure. And then my third biggest winner is Kareem Hunt. Uh, not only did he outscore Nick Chubb, if Brissett could have hit him on a one uh, one sideline throw that he overthrew him just a little bit, I mean, Kareem could have had a massive game. So um, he's right back into a must-start category uh, for me. I mean, same with Nick Chubb, but, I mean, when you look at both of them, I think Kareem Hunt and his involvement in the passing game, he may just be – Again, just a massive value that you got in your draft. Yeah, the the Browns are just going to lean on those guys, man. They yep. they looked so good, and that line is fantastic. Carolina's not a bad defense. They have a pretty good front seven, a lot of high draft picks uh, on the line and in the linebacking core, and Hunt and Chubb really both just looked incredible. They all day they were uh, they were the only part of the Cleveland offense that was working, and they just kept going back to him, and it kept working for the most part. Um, for sure. So yeah, you're, you're right about that. I'm totally comfortable starting either one of those guys. And uh, three biggest losers. We're gonna get into this real quick. I kind of wanted to stay away from guys that sustained injuries or even like went up or down because of injuries, but I just had to put C.D. Lamb on this list at number one because I don't know if there's a guy that didn't get injured this Sunday that fell. Far, that would have fallen farther in a draft if you did it now as opposed to a couple days ago because uh, where C.D. Lamb was going in drafts, mid-second round, maybe like 2-3 turn. Yep. Uh, if you knew that Dak Prescott was going to miss the time he's going to miss, uh, where does Lamb end up for you? Round 5, round 6? I mean, it's it, that was just as bad as week one could have gotten for C.D. Lamb, barring an injury to, to him specifically. Yeah, and specifically with C.D. Lamb, I mean, Cooper Rush throwing the football, we'll get into it later, but that's that's not looking good for him on a season-long aspect. Uh, Certainly not. My biggest loser of the weekend was Devontae Smith. Um, not even a single target for him, and the Eagles put up 38 points, and their run game looked dominant. So, um I mean, again, 38 points. You don't even have a single ball thrown your way. And A.J. Brown looked as good as he did. I am uh, very low on Devontae Smith for the rest of the season at this point, unless he can find a way to get more involved. I believe he did end up with four targets. I want to make sure real quick. I'm actually double-checking that. But still, yeah, he didn't catch a pass. And I I think that, yeah, it looks like four targets. But oh. either way, I, I, a distant second to uh, A.J. Brown and probably behind Dallas Goddard as well. Goddard only ended up with four targets, but he had three catches for 60 yards, almost scored a touchdown. He just looked really good, so I can't see him getting phased out of that offense whatsoever. If Devonta seems like Devonta Smith is the guy that's going to have to take a little bit of a step back from a volume standpoint. Yeah, I would uh, still have him as a loser. I don't know where I saw zero targets, so my bad on that, listeners. Obviously, don't, no, all good. don't listen to all me, good. but still, I would still be down on him. If your team puts up 38 points and you don't get a single catch, in that game it still is not a good 100%. sign yeah I'm, I'm totally with you on Devonta Smith I considered him on my list as well uh, number two I'm going to go back to uh, Thursday night Cam Akers uh, that's a pretty easy one but three yep. carries zero yards no targets uh, Daryl Henderson ran as a starter uh, you're hoping that this is stemming from that uh, hamstring issue he was dealing with earlier uh, at the end of camp there, they said he was good to go before the game, but who knows? Um, and he was listed as the RB1 on the depth chart, so it really just doesn't make any sense, but he was completely uninvolved. I imagine he'll get back uh, more back 
more into the fold as the week goes on here. I don't think he's going to be three carries every week, but still, uh, very discouraging night from Cam Akers. Yep, I do agree with that one. When it came across the screen when they were showing the starting lineups that Daryl Henderson's name was said, I was like, oh, yeah. well, that's not a good sign. <laughs> that I I had a, a reaction, a, a audio audible reaction to seeing Daryl Henderson as the starter of that game, and yep. it kind of uh, ended up setting the tone there. Yep, and my number two would be Mike Williams. Um, I'm not really looking at this for the rest. My next two, I'm not looking at it from a season-long perspective, but just week one, all the hype that came in on Mike Williams. And Justin Herbert was slinging the ball around. I was really focused on the Chiefs game, but I was seeing highlights every once in a while. And I mean, he was throwing darts, and none of them were to Mike Williams. So definitely a loser this week. I'm not down on him, especially with Keenan Allen. Going to miss Thursday night, but... For how high he was going in drafts and a lot of people even reaching on him on his potential, very, very dud week to start. Yeah, I think you uh, took the words out of my mouth there with Mike Williams. Uh, Again, yeah, season long, I'm not incredibly worried. This is just kind of how things go with Mike Williams sometimes. But yeah, I I found myself a couple times throughout that game refreshing my Twitter, Twitter feed, going to sleeper, looking at the updates. I was just like, okay, where is the Mike Williams hurt his hamstring update? I don't see it. I don't know why he's not out there or why he's throwing to DeAndre Carter instead of him. But uh, yeah, it was... Very strange to see, uh, but I, I don't know if Williams, with that early drop, maybe got in some bad uh, water with the Chargers uh, coaching staff there. Maybe they they might have been going the other way just to kind of teach him a lesson. I have no idea what happened, but uh, again, yeah. Mike Williams kind of has a disappearing act every now and then. This Thursday against KC, if he's the only guy, I would expect him to have a very good game. Uh, my last loser uh, of the day is Trey Lance, unfortunately for Cody. Uh, really the 49ers as a whole. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he did not look very good in the first half when this game was not as much of uh, a laugher from a, you know, a field condition perspective, I guess. Uh, so the first, the first about, I'd say, two and a half quarters, there was actually, you know, th- th- there was rain earlier in the day, so the field wasn't in the best situation, but it wasn't pouring down rain actively. So football could be you know, performed at that level, and Trey Lance just did not show up against a defense that's not expected to be very good. Uh, the last half of that game was, again, just a rain fat, and there was really not much you could glean from it. It was just a, a sloppy mess on the field, but Trey Lance did not look very good this Sunday when he had the chance. Yeah, I don't, I'm not going to hold it too much against him. Obviously, the second half is just, you know, weather related. The first half, he did make yeah. some good throws. Like, he looked all right, and then sometimes he looked like, what are you doing? But, um he's a young quarterback like obviously I'm a guy that I put a lot of you know stock into Trey Lance and I think that it could pay out still this season but after game one in that first half definitely a little bit shaky the good news is Kyle Shanahan's really good at scheming people open and getting you know wide open receivers Trey Lance just has to hit him I mean there was a tight end that got behind the defense and all Trey Lance had to do was just put it on his shoulder and he overthrew him by like three yards so that was not a good look for him, and uh, yeah, I mean, I'm a little bit concerned because I have a lot of Trey Lance, but I, I'm just going to chalk it up to the second half was just a nightmare, and he was really going he was really going to get on track in that second half, so <laughs> maybe. Uh, but my backing off the Trey Lance uh, situation with this game, uh, Cody's third biggest yep. loser here. Yeah, Darnell Mooney. Um, Again, same thing as Mike Williams. I'm not too concerned on a season-long basis, but 
Uh, when Justin Fields was scrambling, looking downfield, trying to find open targets, uh, he ended up finding Byron Pringle and um, oh, it's Dante Pettis. Thank you, Pettis. Yes, and um, <laughs> yep. yeah, found those two guys for uh, touchdowns instead of Darnell Mooney. So that was definitely a little bit of a you know miss on Mooney's part. But you know, in normal conditions, he's probably more involved in just their regular offensive game plan. You know, they're probably able to get him the ball more frequently so not too concerned but definitely a loser for week one he was in two of my starting lineups so that one hurt me personally yes they threw 17 passes and like you said the second half uh, Justin Fields completed eight of them so really just not a lot to go around here one of them was the broken coverage to Dante Pettis for that 51 yard touchdown and then other than that uh Justin Fields threw for 70 yards. So there really just wasn't a lot to go around there for Mooney. I'm not too concerned season long, but you're right. That hurt pretty bad in week one. Um, anything you want to add on all these uh, losers and winners, or can we move into the matchups here? Nope, let's go into each of the matchups. All right, starting off with the Thursday night game, Bills and Rams. Bills win this one 31-10. Uh, from the Bills' side of things, um, I think the offense looked fantastic, uh, and the guys you're expecting to do well did well. Davis, 88 yards and a touchdown. Diggs, 122 and a score. Uh, they both look fantastic. Josh Allen looked fantastic. Uh, really, the only question here is that running back room. I think I'm still buying low on Devin Singletary. Uh, it, it was a it was a pretty big split between him and Moss, but Singletary looks so much better than him when he had the ball in his hands. I, I really think the Bills are going to have to at some point realize that. But uh, so I think you can get Devin Singletary kind of on the cheap right now. Only had eight carries in the game and a couple catches. Uh, but that would be my big takeaway from the Bills side of things. Cody, uh, how about you? Yeah, my biggest takeaway and kind of a question to you, uh, any worry about Dawson Knox? I mean, Josh Allen was really slinging the ball around, it felt like, and Dawson Knox ended up with only one reception. So I'm a little bit concerned. Uh, maybe you could try and talk me off the ledge, or are you jumping with me? I don't think so. Uh, I, th- I kind of think this is what you sign up for when you're drafting those low-end tight ends. Uh, I'm sure Knox will have a week where he has five or six targets instead of two and catches a touchdown, and he'll be just fine. But I think when you're dealing with these tight ends from the 8 to 12 range, you're going to get weeks like this. Um, Rams pass Russ a little a little better than most, so he probably had to stay in and block a little bit more than usual too. So yeah. I think Knox will be fine uh, season long, but just this you just kind of have to know that this is in the realm of uh, realm of outcomes here for for Dawson Knox. Yep, for sure. And then on the Rams side, then, oh sorry, go ahead. No, you're fine, Cody. Uh, on the Rams side, uh, Cam Akers, the biggest disappointment. We just talked about him in the loser section. I think I'm just sitting him until I see him more involved in the game plan. Three, car- three carries for zero yards. You can't stomach that in your fantasy lineup. Exactly 0.0 points. Uh, that's that's not going to get it done. And then uh, Allen Robinson I'm giving one more week. Only two targets. Pretty concerning. Did not look very good. But the Bills are a great defense. The Rams as a whole looked very bad. So I think I'm going to give the Rams one more week. Uh, and Robinson will get one more week as well. He was still on the field. Pretty much every time Matthew Stafford went to throw a pass. So I'm giving it one more week on Robinson. How about you? Yep, I do agree with one more week. Um, the uh, For DraftKings, the not gambling before the Daily Fantasy, he is actually really low when it comes to pricing. So maybe someone you want to take a look at for next week if you want to try and call your shot on Robinson again. But I would definitely give him one more week. I mean, the Bills just look so good from all 
all sides of the football. So we could chalk it up to Matthew Stafford had really good timing with Cooper Cup and maybe just doesn't have that timing with Robinson quite yet. And he was really just having to throw the ball like within two seconds because that pass rush was all over him all night. So I agree. Give Robinson another week and uh, see what he can do for you. Yeah, and the, uh, they get the Falcons at home next week, so it should yep. be a little bit easier sledding there against Atlanta uh, in the Dome at home. So we'll see how that goes. And the Daryl Henderson, I think I'm just uh, holding at flex value for him right now. I'm not ready to call him the unquestioned RB1. I think this is probably an anomaly, him getting that much work. It's definitely a stock up for Daryl Henderson, and you can flex him next week at against Atlanta, I would say, but I would not move him into RB1 or 2 category quite yet. Yep, I agree with that. Akers did have a hamstring issue kind of leading up to game one, so that could have also been a reason why he wasn't involved too much to start, but the three carries he did have did not look very good either, so I agree. If you have Anderson, I would definitely start him uh, with flex-level confidence for next week. Uh, But speaking of Atlanta, New Orleans and Atlanta, played this past weekend and new orleans ended up pulling out the w by just a point uh atlanta actually came out and looked really good um compared to what their expectations were this season so uh, a lot of good fantasy impact on both sides here first landry looked really good um way more involved than i was expecting and you know when obj left the browns last year and looked good on the rams maybe we should have thought the same thing for jarvis landry leaving the browns and coming to a different team because he kind of looked like he did, uh, you know, a few years ago. So that's really cool. Uh, Thomas, you know, he did end up getting the two touchdowns. I'm not super high on him still because if you even just take one of them away, his week becomes um, good, not great. So he looks, he looked all right, got the two touchdowns. But I'm, I'm probably leaning Landry over Thomas if I had to start one of these guys next week. What do, you, what would you say? Um, I'm still going to go Thomas. I, I don't know how much of Landry's day was uh, influenced by the fact that Atlanta has two excellent outside corners and not so much on the inside. So I think Landry might have had a, just kind of a good matchup here. Uh, with, But he did look very good and probably will still be involved. I'd probably call him a, uh, a solid 12-team PPR flex if, uh, you know, if that's the range you want to go with. But I'd say Thomas, you know, he had his target share. He did not look good in the first half, got a couple touchdowns at the end. I think he just has more pedigree and will be given more chances in this offense uh, on the outside there. So I'd probably lean Thomas still, uh, but Landry definitely stock up. Yeah. For sure. And then Kamara kind of phased out of the game plan. Are you worried about Kamara going forward? I I am a little bit as far as just expecting him to be a workhorse number one running back. Uh, you know, usually the, the, good th- the good thing about Alvin is that he really can't be phased out of the game plan because he is involved in the passing game. Wasn't really so much in this one. Uh, only nine carries as well to boot. In Ingram had his carries and Taysom Hill also involved in the rushing game. So I, I'm I'm just I think I'm just downgrading Alvin Kamara as a player slightly, but not really worried about him going forward. He's still gonna be super involved in the offense, will have his good weeks, but might just not be the first round pick we were kind of expecting him to be. Yeah, absolutely. So if you um in your league, is this a guy that you would try and go trade for? If you have him, would you try and trade him away at this point, or are you just kind of holding on him for right now? 
if you can get him on at 75 cents on the dollar, I'd go trade for him. And if you can get a dollar for a dollar trading him away, I would do both of those things. But um, I think what you, I think I would just value Camara at about, you know, nine out of ten of what we thought going in. So not a huge downgrade, but uh, maybe you know, I just I didn't know this type of game was in the realm of outcomes to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. And then on the Atlanta side, the offense looked good. Uh, Mariota definitely can be a streamer for you, um, if, especially if you drafted Dak and he was your guy. Mariota's a guy that could you could look towards. Uh, Patterson's definitely the starter. Algier was a was a, was he a healthy scratch Sunday? He was a healthy scratch. Yeah. Yes, he was. So a little bit of a concern there. Um, London looked really good, and then Pitts just underperformed, but. I mean, again, as we've been saying, he's a wide receiver at the tight end position, so he's definitely going to have games where he makes up for it. Um, But, again, very good effort on offense for this team, uh, especially against a pretty good Saints defense. So, uh, Nick, do you have anything about Atlanta you want to mention? Uh, Patterson, being the clear-cut starter, was disappointing. He looked incredible. I need to go ahead and cut Tyler Algier in 10 or 12-team leagues uh, for sure, unless you're in a dynasty situation. Go ahead and cut him. Uh, until Patterson gets hurt, he's probably not going to be used. But at that point, it seems like Atlanta kind of wants to go with one guy. So he could be interesting. But, again, he's probably not going to get an opportunity until either Damian Williams or Patterson gets hurt. Mariota, 12 carries. I mean, if he, yep. if he is and carrying the ball runs. that much every week. Exactly, yeah. If he's carrying the ball that much every week, he is a really probably an above-average QB2 and maybe even a low-end QB1 against a tough matchup. He did pretty well. I was surprised to see him used in the run game that much. And then I I think London is a big reason I like Mariota as well. He looked very good against a tough defense uh, coming off a knee injury where we weren't even sure he was going to play. So great start for Drake London. And then, yeah, better days ahead for Kyle Pitts. Uh, New Orleans is tough, and it seems like they kind of keyed on him. So I'm not really worried about Pitts that much. Awesome. Yep, sounds good. Well, let's dive and into my lock on of the week. To, I was going to say, this <laughs> disgusting matchup between San Francisco and Chicago. Chicago pulls out the 19-10 to 10 win on a, uh, a really uh, either a purist football day or a completely awful football day based on who you ask. But let's start with the San Francisco side. Man, uh, the offense looked horrible uh, against what should not be that tough of a matchup. But again, uh, the field conditions were pretty bad throughout, much worse in the second half too. So that needs to be considered. But Eli Mitchell, uh, injured in the first half. He looked really good while he was out there, but that's kind of the story again for these San Francisco guys. Um, Seems like he's going to be out for quite a while. Two months uh, is the last update that we've received. So, I mean, definitely pick up Jeff Wilson and probably just go ahead and pick up Tyrion Davis-Price too just in case. So. There's going to be some value here. I would pick uh, one of those two guys up if you can. Tyrion Davis-Price, probably more of a deeper league guy, and then Wilson will probably be the starter next week if I had to guess. And uh, I'm going to get through all this stuff and then just get your reaction all over to Cody. Uh, Lance looked pretty bad. Uh, Weather, again, weather played a factor, but, um, you know, not a good start for Lance. Two out of seven targets getting to his guy, Debo Samuel, uh, and no, no Kittle as well, so that didn't help, but not a great start. And then I'm um, willing to give another week to this whole offense, really. I'm probably benching Ayuk just because Jawan James uh, target got six targets. He got two. So I think I'm just waiting until I see it with Brandon Ayuk. But I'm willing to give Lance, Debo, and whoever is the, the starting running back another chance here. Yeah, absolutely. So with Mitchell, I, I'm probably with you with Jeff Wilson. But he did not look very good when he came in for Mitchell. Again, no, the did. weather was terrible, so that could be a part of it. But he just didn't look very 
you know, quick and agile. So uh, Davis Price may get in, may get more work than we're expecting, but he was also a healthy scratch on Sunday. So uh, we didn't get to see any of him uh, again with Trey Lance. I'm with Nick. I'm obviously in my, I'm going to have to start him again, unless I'm going to go out there and try and get like a Carson Wentz or something like that. Um, and then with Ayuk, I think, you know, we're talking about Jeff Wilson and uh, Davis Price. Like they don't have, uh, Debo Samuel, who can probably carry the ball for them eight to ten times if they need to. Yeah. So that is why I think Ayuk may end up being um, more of a necessity because if Debo is getting the ball on the ground a little bit, you know, they may not target him too much, and Ayuk may just be the you know beneficiary of that. But I agree. I mean, if I have a better option or an option that I would consider very similar to Ayuk, I'm probably leaning that other option the more that I think about it. Yeah, I would agree there on uh, most of what you said. Uh, moving on to Chicago, the offense didn't really do much. It didn't really have to since San Francisco's was you know treading water for much of the game. Uh, David Montgomery got a lot of work, but he was horribly inefficient. Uh, I think Herbert's going to see a little more run than years past, but I wouldn't panic on Montgomery. I think he's still going to be the starter unless he gets hurt. Uh, I think he'll be fine long term. Same for Mooney and Komet. One target between both of them. We've already talked about it. Uh, just Justin Fields completed eight passes. He threw 17. This was just a messy game all around. I think uh, you know in future weeks, Mooney and Komet are going to be more featured as the number one and two guys in this offense. Again, low-end tight end, this is just kind of what you're dealing with. And uh, like we've said before, Mooney will have better days. Yep, absolutely. Um, so with Montgomery, I was very high on Montgomery, kind of not very high, I should say, but I was higher than most coming into the season because he was the clear number one in that backfield. Um, when he came back last year. So to see him kind of split some carries with Herbert's definitely concerning for me. I'm going to definitely keep an eye on that next week and see if Herbert is getting as many snaps as he did this week. Um, but for this game, again, for any pass catchers, I'm just going to chalk it up to the weather was horrible. Even for, you know, um, Montgomery, maybe they didn't want to put their starting running back out there a whole bunch with the field conditions being really bad. So Really tough. I'm throwing away most of what I've seen from this game uh, going into week two. Yeah, I would agree. We can move on to Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. Awesome. So, yes, Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, the battle of the kickers who couldn't hit the uprights to end the game. Uh, Pittsburgh, Najee injured. Um, like Nick said in the injury section, Jalen Warren um, is probably going to end up getting the start this week. There are reports saying Najee could play, but uh, – you know, with Pittsburgh stealing one in Cincinnati, I think that I would rather uh, um, keep my star running back, maybe let him get healthy for another week, and then, I mean, you're already one game up and maybe try and sneak into the playoffs again. Uh, the defense is amazing. T.J. Watt, you know, potentially out for the season. That's really going to suck. And then, uh, yeah, Pat Fryermuth. I mean, he was getting targeted quite often. I mean, I'm – I unfortunately dropped Fryermuth for David and Joku. Really overthought that one in our fantasy league, so that one kind of hurt me. Oof. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's not looking too good so far. So, um, but and Deontay Johnson again got some good targets. So um, yeah, I, this team is just it's going to be kind of bad. The offense isn't going to be very good, but there's going to be weeks where you know different guys kind of have boom weeks, while there's going to be some other weeks where they really kind of bust. So. Hard to call your shot, but I think on Najee, Fryermuth, and Deontay Johnson, I'm pretty happy with those three guys um, in my starting lineup. 
Yeah, honestly, this was one of the, the, the teams that really ex- just turned out exactly like I thought it would. Pittsburgh's offense looked horrible. Uh, their defense <laughs> looked amazing, especially with T.J. Watt in there, and that's kind of what we expected from this team with uh, you know some poor quarterback play for Mitch Trubisky and, or, or the rookie Kenny Pickett. Uh, I like the targets from Youth and Deontay. Uh, def- definitely stock up for Fryermuth. Looks like he's going to be involved, especially with Trubisky in there. And then uh, Deontay, I, I I guess I'd say stock up, but I, I think this is just kind of what I – I think there's going to be weeks where they just don't get anything going. And if he has 10 targets, that's great, but it might be five catches for 50 yards. So uh, I think Deontay has a floor, but maybe a higher floor than I anticipated uh, just because I didn't know what his target share would be. But I still am not a huge fan of him season long, just uh, you know from the way that I like to play fantasy. Yeah, I, I will say Mitch looked pretty bad. I can't – if Kenny Pickett's yeah, they, not they able were, to take that spot from Mitch, I, I don't know if that says anything about Pickett or just the Steelers organization not wanting to give it to him, but uh, Mitch definitely did not impress through week one. And then Cincinnati yeah, – we'll talk about the Bengals here in a second, but they tried everything in their power to give this game to the Steelers. And oh, yeah. the Steelers just did not want it at all, yeah. and they finally got it handed to them on a silver platter, but – Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. So right into Cincinnati. Yeah, bad day at the office. T. Higgins' concussion definitely made their offense, um, you know, just complicated things. You know, that second guy wasn't there for Burrow, and you could kind of tell. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Jamar Chase was elite, and I I, I thought he had a game-winning touchdown, which would have been really cool coming off their Super Bowl week. But, yeah, like you said, Cincinnati just kept trying to give this game away, and Pittsburgh just kind of kept – trying to give them the game back as well it was <laughs> it was I mean I was at a at a bar with you know for the Chiefs game and I mean that game was like it was still playing through like the first quarter of the Chiefs game almost the entirety of the first quarter and I'm like and then you could just tell whenever there was about to be a kick because they got real quiet and then it was just groans or like cheers depending on I guess if you had the kicker or whoever you were rooting for but yeah, it was it was a wild game to finish with, and Cincinnati. I'm just going to, I guess, kind of just forget most of what I saw. Mixon, Chase, Burrow. I mean, if I drafted those three, I'm going to start them all again. And as soon as Higgins is back on the field, I will put him right back in my starting lineup as well. Yeah, not worried about the Bengals whatsoever here. Burrow just had a bad day. Four picks. I mean, he's a great quarterback. He's not going to do that very often. Um, Mixon and Chase were both heavily heavily utilized once Higgins uh, left the game so they were both really good on the day Mixon didn't score so he didn't have an elite day but he had 31 touches uh, well over 100 yards so he had a great day chase over 100 yards and a touchdown he was awesome uh yeah this came down to the four picks by Burrow and the long snapper getting hurt for the Bengals I've never seen it matter (laughs) so much in a game but uh that really changed the complexion of this one so uh, moving on to Philly, Detroit, trying to fly through these games a little quicker here because uh, we're trying to get done before my Broncos play uh, tonight against the Seahawks. Yep, uh, Philly, Detroit, place. this game Speed it up. <laughs> was incredibly, incredibly entertaining. 38-35, Philly pulls it off. Uh, starting with Philly, their offense looked amazing. This was a good matchup, but they took advantage of it. Good game for Sanders, uh, Miles Sanders that is, but the RB room will be crowded, I think, moving forward. They used all three other guys. Sanders was the lead guy, but again, I think this is kind of what we expected out of Philly. Uh, I think the biggest takeaway for me was just A.J. Brown looked incredible. Goddard, only three for 60, but he looked really good, and um, I think your stock medium on Dallas Goddard, stock up on Brown, stock down on Devonta Smith. 
and uh, the rest of the guys look pretty good, and Sanders and Jalen Hurts look, look great as well. He didn't have a huge day, but he got a lot of touchdowns vultured from him. Yeah, no passing touchdowns for Jalen Hurts, despite having a really good fantasy day. So congrats and he on got that. like Goddard got tackled at the one. He got tackled yep. at the one. There was and AJ Brown got tackled inside the five multiple times. So he could have had a huge day, but absolutely just got a little unlucky there. Yep. Yeah, but yep, I completely agree with you on Philadelphia. They are they look really good. Their running back room honestly looks really good too. Maybe that's in part to just, you know, receivers and Hurts going down at the one. But, um, you know, if Kenneth Gainwell is still out there on a waiver wire in your league, he's a guy that I'm definitely looking to add. And, um, you know, Miles Sanders, I was definitely down on him coming into the season, but he already has more touchdowns than he had last year. So uh, off to a good start for him. Yeah, if uh, Sanders ever goes down, Gainwell and Scott will both probably be pretty good options there. Uh, their their offensive line looks pretty great. Uh, Detroit, uh, their offense was much better than I expected, and that's even with raised expectations coming into this year. They looked really good against what profiles as a pretty tough matchup on defense. DeAndre Swift might be a top three running back in the league right now. He looked absolutely incredible had two touchdowns vultured from him from jamal williams did all the work on both those drives and williams got to punch it in so swift is a absolutely incredible player and with that offensive line he he's going to be really good this year saint brown amonra saint brown somebody i was down on coming into this year looks like he's going to continue to get targeted uh, pretty heavily until at least uh james williams comes back so good signs there for saint brown uh just the offense as a whole looked pretty good Yep, I agree with you. Detroit looked really good, and if you drafted any of these guys, I would have full confidence starting them. I would not have very much confidence starting Jamal Williams. I'm not going to bet on him vulturing touchdowns from Swift every week. Agreed. Cool. Yep, agreed, 100%. Sweet. Into Baltimore and the Jets here. Um, This one could be really quick here. Baltimore, their running back options look terrible. Hopefully Dobbins is back, and then once Edwards is back, I feel like their pack field's will look a hundred times better um but luckily they didn't look that good but just the jets couldn't do anything on the other side so they never really were pressured at all um and i guess i actually did not look at rashad bateman did he end up doing anything yesterday i mean nothing that he had a long touchdown and one other catch so he was you only had five targets and two catches did have the long touchdown, saved your day. I'm still not that worried about Bateman, though. Yeah. Uh, again, like you said, they, they just kind of had low volume overall in the offense. Didn't really move the ball that much, but weren't really pressured to do anything in the second half. So I'm not terribly concerned about anybody on Baltimore unless you had any investment in Kenyon Drake or Mike Davis. They looked horrible. I yeah. think actually Dobbins had his stock go up even though he didn't play right. just because of how bad the other guys looked. Yeah, yeah. The, the Ravens, if Dobbins can come back and handle the workload, they're not going to be turning around and giving it to Mike Davis, that's for sure. Nope. Um, and then Lamar, I will say I'm surprised he's still running as much without getting a uh, a contract this offseason. But from reports, it sounds like it was more of a him decision as opposed to the Ravens um, just due to the Deshaun Watson contract. But I'll be curious to see if that plays into any maybe lack of running as the season goes on. But for week one, he looked really good. Uh, and then on the Jets side, yeah, Joe Flacco led offense. It is what it is. Um, and Carter is the lead guy for right now. Brees had a couple of good flashes, but um, even like Michael Carter, I have like flex level confidence starting him. And Brees Hall is not going to be that far behind him. I expect Brees to end up taking over this backfield at some point. Um, but I 
I hope Zach Wilson can come in and bring some more life to this offense, but the way Jets players kind of talk about the two, you wouldn't really expect that. So I'm kind of down on a lot of – I would say stock down on almost every Jets player after this weekend except for Carter if you ended up taking him really late in the draft. Yeah, disappointing. The O-line did not look as good as it uh, was probably expected to be coming into this year. Uh, had a lot of investment there. They were hoping for at least an average unit. They got dominated by Baltimore's front four, so really couldn't develop anything downfield. Flacco had to dump off a ton. The running backs got 19 targets combined. Uh, 10 targets for Brees Hall, but still stock down for him. I think he's going to be you know, second in carries behind Carter until he takes the job, and he's not going to get 10 targets every week. Joe Flacco threw 59 passes, and again, they, they couldn't develop anything downfield, so they just had to dump off uh, short there, and I'm not really worried about the, uh, the wide receiver target share either. I'd probably still take Eli Moore number one and then Garrett Wilson, too. Uh, I think Corey Davis actually led them, uh, led the wide receiver room in targets and receiving yards, but I, I still, I'm not really taking that much from that game just because they were kind of playing prevent defense a lot at the end from Baltimore, and the Jets just couldn't block anything. So they were, uh, they were he, Joe Flacco was having to just dump the ball off immediately almost every time. Yeah, absolutely. Moving on to Jacksonville and Washington. Washington ends up coming back, winning this one 28-22. Jacksonville led almost throughout here, uh, starting with the visiting team. Uh, they looked pretty good from off an offensive standpoint. Lawrence looked a ton better than he did to start last year and really all of last year. Uh, but the biggest takeaway here, Robinson was the starter. Uh, he ran the ball in between the tackles uh, much more than ETN did. I think he ended up with 12 carries to ETN's four and um, even caught a touchdown. I think Etienne had more targets than, than Robinson did, but Robinson ended up catching the touchdown there on the goal line. And uh, Christian Kirk is the number one, uh, and he looked really good in that offense, had the good matchup like we talked about, so wasn't terribly surprising, but I, I like what I saw from Christian Kirk. And even Zay Jones is probably a you know flex-level player in a very deep league. Uh, I wouldn't expect a ton, but he got a decent amount of targets as well. Yep, I agree with you. Jacksonville looked really good. I kind of bet on Trevor Lawrence in two leagues. One was a two-quarterback league, and then one I just completely punted on quarterback, had to start someone and chose Lawrence, and I'm very happy with uh, picking him up. I think he's really, really good, and I hope to uh, kind of see him continue doing what he's been doing uh, or doing what he did yesterday to start the season. And then James Robinson, I just want to point out, he has to be one of the most likable stories in the NFL. Undrafted uh, fantasy greatness, written off to an injury, comes back, looks good. I mean, (laughs) this guy just lives in doubt, and he constantly comes out and performs. So that's awesome. Good for him. And then Kirk, I just want to throw a quick question to you right now. Uh, Would you trade Christian Kirk for CeeDee Lamb uh, if you were on either side of that trade? Oh my goodness! I think I would keep CD just because well, of when my Dak comes back, and the fact yeah. I was going to say, and the fact that when Dak comes back, that's not going to be I uh, pretty. I heard you that on expect another it to be podcast even, earlier, and I was that just, is yeah, unfortunately close. Yeah. I will say that, <laughs> for that sure. the fact that I have to consider that is bad news for CD Lamp. But um, yeah, Kirk looked really good yesterday, and then I'm not dropping ETN or anything close to that. Oh no, he looked pretty good when he had the ball in his hands. I think uh, he'll get more. He'll get more worked into the offense as he. Uh, no, as he goes here, this was his first NFL game, so don't give up on him yet. For sure. Uh, Washington, uh, Wentz looks pretty good in the comeback. I will uh, give a little credit to my man Cody here, but um, you know, uh, I, I I think that this was a, a more more so because of a, a bad Jacksonville defense and a pass heavy script than necessarily Wentz's emergence here as a, as a great quarterback. But 
Um, he looks pretty good. Gibson's uh, involvement in both the running and passing game was pretty encouraging there. Uh, I think he's going to be the clear one until Robinson gets back. And then uh, Curtis Samuel, really the star of the wide receiver room. I'm not really that into it, to be honest. Uh, I think he's... You know he's going to be an okay player, maybe a low-level flex in a deep league, but I think uh, I think McLaurin will be more involved in future weeks, and this is probably just more of a uh, you know product of how the Jacksonville Jaguars were playing the uh, the Commanders here. So I'm not I'm not sure how you feel about Samuel or even Jahan Dotson. I like Dotson, but you know kind of just fell into two touchdowns, didn't have a huge involvement other than that. So yeah, my my note on Dotson snagging those two touchdowns were more of a positive for Terry McLaurin cuz Dotson was not very involved in the offense and ended up coming down with two of them and if McLaurin just got one his week it would have been fine. So um yeah, that's I, I'm definitely still, you know, relatively the same on McLaurin. And then with Wentz, I mean, it did look good. Um, but he still also had two really bad interceptions. So if this is a good team instead of Jacksonville, they probably end up losing based on those two picks. So um, I, again, I kind of backed off my pro Wentz uh, stance, but I mean, he did look pretty solid. I'll give it to him there. And then Gibson, I mean, if we didn't have all this Gibson offseason talk, his week one target share and, you know, rushing performance, everyone would have went, would have been very high on him but there's still like that question mark on whether or not when Robinson comes back if he's just going to end up kind of start stealing that starting role again so um, again while Gibson's the only guy in town I start him with very high confidence but something just to keep in your back in the back of your mind with uh, Robinson returning and I think I saw a note maybe week five or week four was it a four or five week injury but he should be back sooner than I even expected yeah, I think uh, we can move on to Cleveland and Carolina here, if you want to take lead. Yeah, absolutely. So Cleveland and Carolina, um, the Baker Bowl. Uh, Cleveland ended up just barely uh, winning here, but their offense was pretty bad besides the running backs. Amari uh, Cooper and Njoku were very inconsistent and basically missing, and I think that's what it's going to be for most of the season. But if you have Kareem Hunt or Nick Chubb, I am putting either of those two guys in a running back position with full confidence moving forward. Um, with Cooper, you you really just kind of drafted him with the hope of when Deshaun Watson comes back, he can be elevated to you know a, a wide receiver worth playing. And then Njoku, I don't know how you feel about him, but if there's someone like a Friar Muth or something like that out on the waiver wire, I am 100% going for him, I would say, over Njoku long-term. Yeah, I'm probably throwing Njoku into the streamer category, going with somebody with a better matchup next week, yep. I'm waiting for him to show me something. And then, yeah, the rest of the offense kind of played out how I expected, so not much to say on the Browns. Cool. And then Carolina, uh, I think Baker looked really bad, so I'm uh, not very high on a lot of Carolina players. Uh, Christian McCaffrey really didn't do anything um he did end up getting into the end zone one time that kind of i guess saved his week but he still didn't look very good um and again i feel like that kind of all stems from the quarterback position to a certain degree and uh yeah i just i don't know do you have anything to add about carolina i just i feel like they looked pretty bad i'm down on pretty much everybody on that team 
I'm not incredibly worried about McCaffrey. Well, I think yeah. he'll be fine moving forward. He still looked good when he had the ball in his hands in space, and uh, the Panthers will find ways to, to get him there because that's really the only thing that works on their offense consistently. But I think we were bet, we were kind of more down on DJ more than most, so uh, we're not terribly surprised here. Uh, they, yeah, like we said, the offense didn't look great, and uh, I think, again, both of these teams kind of played out how I expected. Yep, all right. So... Moving into the thrilling 20-20 to tie in the Indianapolis and Houston game. Uh, starting off with Indy, uh, really a slow start from the offense and uh, kind of a sluggish overtime, but I'm not really worried long-term. They had over 500 total yards here, just kind of one of those games where they didn't really convert uh, their opportunities that they had, and then uh, they got a missed shortish field goal from Blankenship in overtime that would have won them the game. Um, but yeah, Pittman would look great. Uh, Ryan didn't have a great day, but he ended up with over 300 yards and a touchdown, so he didn't kill you. And then uh, Jonathan Taylor's Jonathan Taylor. He had over 30 carries, 150 yards and a touchdown. He looked great. So I'm not really worried about any of the options on Indy. Yep, for real football, this sucks for the Colts. You don't want to lose week one to the Texans, but for fantasy football, it was perfectly fine. Pittman and Taylor were as advertised during draft season, and if you had got either, obviously, if you had the first pick and got Taylor, you're happy with. And if you called your shot on Pittman, you're definitely happy through week one. And on the Houston side, definitely a disappointment for Damian Pierce owners. Uh, Burkhead and him basically split uh, the work here, and Burkhead ended up with a couple more carries and a couple extra targets as well. But I'm not dropping Pierce yet or anything like that. I'm probably sitting him until I see it, but I do expect him to have a game that will elevate him to at least the lead in the uh, the rushing side of things. So um, I'm holding on to Pierce and maybe just you know putting him on your bench for a couple weeks until you see it. But he's a rookie running back. I think better days are ahead for Damian Pierce. And then uh, passing side of things, Cooks was the clear one once again. Uh, pretty much exactly what we expected from the passing game. Mills looked okay. And uh, there's pretty much only room for one pass catcher. That's Brandon Cooks. Yep, absolutely. Cooks was uh, very solid. And then I don't know why Burkhead just loves ruining fan or fantasy running back options for people, but he certainly does. <laughs> he really does. And he he does a great job of it. So, um, I, again, I'm with you there. If like I have Pierce in a couple of leagues. He's definitely going on the bench. Um, and then Burkhead, if he's out there and you really need a – someone to flex he may end up getting the touches to be fantasy relevant but uh hopefully you drafted some guys that you could start over him agreed cool we can go ahead and move on in to the giants and tennessee um tennessee titans so first with the giants here barkley looked really good uh obviously as we mentioned earlier the giants pulling out the win in this game very unexpected there but barkley really dominated it um He's the number one uh, running back in fantasy football so far with uh, one game left to go through week one. So an outstanding game. The receiving room is a complete mess, and I don't really even know who I would look to start on that uh, in that receiving room. But at this point, I'm starting Saquon and probably leaving the rest of the Giants alone, uh, at least for week two, and see if someone in that receiving room can kind of start to emerge. Echo the thoughts on Barkley, and I'm holding Kadarius Tony for one more week, but man, no targets. Uh, he looked pretty good on the, the couple of design rushes they gave him, but he uh, was not very involved at all. So I'll give Kadarius Tony one more week, but other than that, if you're in a really deep league, you want to pick up Sterling Shepard. He actually looked pretty good yesterday. 
usually ends up being Daniel Jones's favorite guy out of that group. So that's probably who I would target. But other than that, no thank you. Yep, I agree. And then on the Tennessee side, yeah, they really missed A.J. Brown. I mean, they're probably going to see his stat line in uh, Philadelphia and really wish they would have had that yesterday. Um, Derrick Henry didn't have the best fantasy day, but again, he was you know top five or six draft pick depending on where you ranked him. So hopefully, better days ahead. But this should have been a good a good matchup for him to dominate. So a little bit worried, and then a very big oof for uh, Robert Woods. So a lot of people's uh, late round draft steal consideration and did not look good through week one. Did I lose you? All right. Well, I do not hear Nick. Uh, So I'm going to go ahead and just go through the rest of the games, and we'll see if we can get him back here. Uh, Next up would have been Green Bay and Minnesota. Uh, Obviously, Minnesota ended up pulling out the W here. They looked very impressive, but for Green Bay – Tough start, you know, Aaron Rodgers did not look good, but a very big whiff by Christian Watson. Uh, Probably had a walk-in touchdown to start his season and ended up uh, dropping that one. Uh, Dylan looked really good, and, you know, if you drafted Aaron Jones on that 2-3 turn, you're going to expect to see some better days. There's my buddy. Hey, Nick, how's it going? (laughs) We're back. Don't worry. Had a little connection issue there for a second. Uh, But, yeah, uh, did you just talk about the, the Packers? Yep, you want to go ahead and uh, if you want to mention anything, I just kind of mentioned our notes here, and then if you want to go ahead and talk about Minnesota. Uh, yeah, that sounds good. The Packers, uh, yeah, I think better days ahead there. I wouldn't worry too much about uh, the either of the running backs. Uh, Dylan ended up with a pretty good day, and Jones wouldn't worry yet. And then same with Rodgers. I think he'll be fine moving forward. Uh, I'm not incredibly worried about uh, any of those options. The Minnesota, uh, Jefferson is a – probably the best wide receiver in the NFL. We've already talked about him. Better days ahead for Dalvin Cook. Over 100 total yards. Uh, Just didn't get into the end zone in this one. I'm not too worried about him at all. He looked pretty good. Thielen as well. uh, Maybe slightly worried about him if Jefferson's going to be this dominant, but I think better days are ahead for him. He's always kind of a a touchdown defendant option, so you kind of knew what you were getting with Thielen. Uh, And then, yeah, with the auxiliary options in this offense, they're all going to be inconsistent, so I'm not incredibly surprised. Yep, and I'm going to go ahead and jump into KC and Arizona here so we can get through these last couple of games. Uh, One thing about this game, I hope you have as much fun watching your Broncos tonight as I did watching KC whoop Arizona yesterday. Uh, Mahomes, you know, still looks like he is the best quarterback in the NFL, you know, right up there with him and Josh Allen. Um, Kelsey looked like the best tight end in the NFL and Clyde actually looked really good. Um, I called my shot, said that he was going to have 80, uh, 80 total yards, three receptions, and a touchdown. He ended up doubling up on touchdowns with two, just under 80 yards total, but um, still very, very solid game for him. Pacheco looked good, but it was basically just in garbage time, which was almost the entire second half for the Chiefs. So he did get a lot of work, but I think if it's a closer game, Clyde's going to be the guy there. And then on the wide receiver side, this is more of a Chiefs fan than fantasy person coming out of me. But gosh, I cannot stand Juju Smith-Schuster sometimes. He fumbles the ball twice, and he still celebrates after every catch that he has. Most aggravating thing to watch as a fan. But I'll throw it over to you, Nick. 
Yeah, I don't really think my opinion on the Chiefs chains whatsoever, to be honest with you. Mahomes looks incredible. Uh, he's not going to throw five touchdowns every week, but uh, he's very good. He's the best quarterback in the business for a reason. Kelsey is the clear tight end one uh, right now, maybe even ahead of Mark Andrews. Uh, he's you know, the leader on this offense and doesn't have Tyreek Hill to deal with as the 1A. So I think uh, the options behind we'll see inconsistent target shares. Juju led it this week. Uh, if he leads it for the next couple weeks, I might change my mind, but I would not be surprised if Valdez Scantling gets, you know, eight targets next week and Juju ends up with four. Right, absolutely. And then with Arizona, their offense was just bad. Kyler Murray ended up kind of scratching out a uh, decent fantasy day if you drafted him, yes. but um you know brown got into the end zone which kind of helped his fantasy day but all around just a very meh performance for uh the kyler murray led cardinals here yeah i I think i I actually i i'm happy with my james connor pick if i made it uh he pretty much had every offensive snap from the running back position until the game was out of hand and he's going to be the goal line and passing downs back there so i was pretty encouraged by what i saw from connor but yeah like you said really just got stomped right out of the gate and then it was just a lot of garbage time in the second half that sort of saved Kyler uh really frustrating as a guy playing against anybody in that situation watching them come back and put up stats in a game you know they don't deserve to but uh, I think Arizona will be fine moving forward and I'm encouraged on Connor's usage for sure and uh getting into the last game of the three o'clock slate that's uh vegas and the chargers chargers end up winning 24 19 here uh on the vegas side of things Devonte adams 17 targets over 100 yards over 10 catches and a touchdown he looked incredible uh, helped him that D, uh, the jc jackson was out of this game but adams should see a hefty target share moving forward waller and renfro get six each I think you'll see things a little bit more spread out moving forward here. But, uh, again, I think you can expect Adams to be the clear leader in this room. And, um, you know, uh, not much else changed for me on the on the Vegas side there. Just really impressed with Adams. Yep, I completely agree. If you paid up for him, you're very encouraged with that start. And on the Chargers side, Keenan Allen hurt his hamstring. He looked like the clear one until he did. So we'll see what happens when he comes back. Sounds like it's probably only going to be a one-week injury for him, maybe two, but uh, wasn't an incredibly serious one uh, like it was initially feared. Um, And I think you're probably picking up Josh Palmer, if anyone, if Allen is hurt. But again, don't go crazy. It's only going to be a one- or two-week injury. Uh, Really weird target share spread here just really spread out no one had more than four targets justin herbert actually had a pretty good day but really uh really spread things out was kind of odd to see he didn't really do that a ton last year but we'll kind of see how things develop there um but yeah and then like you said we said earlier mike williams had a really bad game but this is kind of what he does i'm not incredibly worried long term nope especially with keenan allen being out against the chiefs mike williams is a smash start he should be very very good um, and then the Sunday night football game, uh, a very boring Sunday night football game to start the season with Tampa Bay and Dallas. Oh, uh, Tampa Bay, the offense looks all right. Um, obviously, with the Godwin injury, that's going to be a hurt. Nick and I have been uh, very pro-Godwin during the draft season, mostly based on draft value. But, I mean, we both kind of agreed we would rather him just sit out week one and get fully healthy. And he did look fully healthy, but... I mean, going to miss a couple weeks with the hamstring injury. It just, it just sucks all around there. And then um, they had they were really bad in the red zone, but when your quarterback misses time and your receivers are hurt and during the preseason and during a lot of practice time, I don't really expect them to be lights out. 
Uh, my biggest question for Tampa Bay, are you going with Russell Gage or Julio or both of them while Godwin is out? Uh, I'm probably going with Julio uh, just because of the, the way he looked yesterday. Uh, Russell Gage kind of coming off that injury, so it's hard to know whether that was the reason he was a little uh, behind uh, Julio in the target share and just overall production. But um, I think in a, a full PBR, I'd probably engage in half and nine. I'd go Julio, though. All right. Sounds good. And then uh, did you have anything else about Tampa Bay that you wanted to add there? Not incorrect. Not, I don't think much changed. Fournette looked really good. Uh, I think the yep. line got you know beat a decent amount yesterday, but Dallas has a pretty decent front seven. Micah Parsons looked really good yesterday, so I think that was more of the uh, the reason. I, I th- they look good in the running game, so I, I think Tampa's offense will be just fine. They just weren't pressed to do much in the second half being up uh, a couple of scores. Yep, and then on the Dallas side, uh, absolute disaster. Dak obviously out six to eight weeks, so everyone on that team is taking a downgrade. Um, except for maybe maybe Zeke and Tony Pollard, just because I think the running game is going to be the necessity here. But um, their offensive line didn't look too good either, so I'm uh, I'm a little bit concerned here. Uh, I guess Nick, is there any chance that uh, one of Lana's favorite NFL players, Jimmy Garoppolo, could get traded to the uh, her favorite team, the Dallas Cowboys? Well, not after the way Trey Lance looked in week one. I think San Francisco is probably going to want to hang on to Garoppolo just in case, to be honest with you. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, pretty bad week for Dallas. Lost their starter for six to eight weeks. Hopefully Cooper Rush can keep them around 500 until he gets back. But, uh, yeah, pretty much a disaster of a week. The defense looked pretty good. They, uh, you know, gave up some. They were a little bit bend, but no, but don't break last night. They gave up some field goals, but uh, didn't really let Brady score uh, that much. Only 19 points from Tampa Bay is a pretty good start. And then Zeke looked, I thought, really good. I think if you feature him in this offense, he is going to be decent. But, again, yeah, it's just how much do you respect Cooper Rush as a thrower? It might just be stop Zeke and then uh, make Cooper Rush beat you. So tough, tough week for Dallas. Um, Hopefully better days ahead. But, yeah, I mean, big downgrades to both, uh, uh, excuse me, CeeDee Lamb and uh, their tight end Dalton Schultz. Yep, and we did miss one game here on our notes, and the only reason I remember that is because this was my other lock of the week that was a flop yesterday. Um, but New England and Miami played. Oh, my, all of Miami's <laughs> options that you drafted looked as presented. I mean, Tyree Kill looked good. Jalen Waddell ended up getting in the end zone, and Chase Edmonds also looked good. Uh, Tua, I mean, he's still in that streaming category for me, but definitely made the options around him look decent. And then on the uh, Patriots side, I think I'm going to take a week off from all Patriots players and just see if this offense can look any better than uh, than what they did uh, this past week because it was a complete disaster on the offensive side for them. Yeah, 100%. The Patriots looked horrible, but we didn't really we were really high on any other options going in, so that's not yep. incredible, uh, incredible disappointment or something we didn't expect so I'm, I'm kind of avoiding Patriots till further notice and then on the Dolphins side Edmonds usage was really encouraging to me it looks like he's the clear one and then uh, Mostert is the two behind him yeah. and uh, Tyreek Hill is the one and Waddle is the two but they both look very good so uh, I think they can both probably be producers uh, but again I think they're both going to be a little inconsistent kind of what we expected going in uh, both these teams sort of expected uh, played as we thought uh, which a lot of teams didn't so Thank you to New England and Miami for that. Yeah. 
Absolutely. But uh, we can go ahead and wrap it up because we are only like a couple minutes from Monday Night Football here. So, Nick, go enjoy uh, watching your Broncos play, and uh, let's let's go Seahawks. <laughs> Screw you, Cody. Uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. <laughs> yeah, peace out, everybody. See ya.